Hey, everybody, this is a preview of today's members episode. If you want to hear the whole thing, head on over to theconfessionalspodcast.com, hit the join button, and become a member today. Merkel Media. This was all circulating around the base that a giant had been killed, but no one was supposed to talk about it. I saw three long, bony fingers reach up underneath the door, curl up to grab it, and then disappear. When he came over to me, dude, he slithered over to me. And this giant comes out of the cave, and they're all frozen. And he starts running and firing at this giant. Well, the giant moves. He's got a spear in one hand, and he's running really fast, and spears... Dan holds him up like this. Somebody else, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. They basically decapitate him. Got closer, got closer, got closer. When he got about 15 yards away from me, I raised that 12 gauge and I blowed his head off. I feel something pulling at my leg. And I look over and there are two small gray entities pulling at me. And they're literally, I'm getting pulled off the bed. I reached my hand into this bush and I touched air. Couldn't breathe and I couldn't move because I know I'm seeing a monster. Yep. yep. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Confessionals. I'm your guest host, Joel Thomas, filling in for Tony Merkel this week as he takes a much-needed break with the family for the holidays. If you have a wild and crazy story you want to share with The Confessionals, go ahead and shoot Tony an email. His email is contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. That's contact at theconfessionalspodcast.com. Or go to the website, theconfessionalspodcast.com, and go to the contact section. Any of those work for Tony. Just try to get a hold of him. And if you do, you might find your story as a film under Merkel Media. And as someone who has been a huge part of these films since the beginning, I can tell you that is an absolute fact. So go ahead and shoot that email over, and I might be alone in the woods jumping down a portal chasing the cryptid that you just saw. And lastly, a big shout-out to the members that are here. Merkel Media appreciates you and appreciates all of your emails and comments. It's what drives everything we do. Now, I know you guys heard me on Tuesday. I just did an episode called Good Nephilim. It's, it, it was interesting. You know, it's a definitely an interesting take. We're about to get on another interesting take today. We're going to talk about biblical dogmen or lichen or both, however you want to go there. We're going to talk about different ones, where they come from, uh, how they even interact with Christianity which is very interesting because most of the tales of people that run into dogmen or see dogmen or even historically, they're generally viewed at as pretty evil. There's no there's no good part to it. I think there is, though. So we're going to get into some of that today. But I've got a couple guests, and neither of them are strangers to the show. We've got Justin from Cryptids of the Corn who has been on the show like four or five times now. He just hosted last week with Jay. So they took over for Tony that week. You know, they, they passed the baton to me this week. So, Justin, if you can, 
Let everybody know where to find you, what to do. And also, after Justin does that, we have Juan Ayala from the one-on-one podcast here. And he and I have done tons of work together over the past year. And he's also been on the confessionals. He broke down the homunculus. He is a resident homunculologist. So this guy will break down alchemy to the 10th degree or the 6th degree, ninth degree, however you want to say it. We'll get into that too today. But uh, Justin, if you can, tell everybody where to find you. And then Juan, if you can, tell everyone where to find you too. I, hey guys, I'm sure you're sick of hearing my voice by now. Uh, but once again, I'm Justin, or the great and powerful mystery of Cryptos of the Corn podcast. Uh, we like to say we're a scientific and magical thinking combined. If you don't know me, I was a field, like a fisheries field technician, aka a field biologist for a long time. Uh, you can find our stuff on all the podcast platforms. The website is Cryptos of the Corn, uh, dot com, and the email is Cryptos of the Corn podcast at gmail.com. Uh, yeah, you'd find us, check us out at all those places. And hello, my name is Juan from the Juan Juan Podcast. You can find me anywhere you find your podcast at tjojp.com. I want to say I'm really glad to be here and I'm excited for this one. This one should be a really good one. And uh, Joel, it's to the seventh degree. There's seven different steps in alchemy. So yeah, I appreciate you having me on again. Shout out to Tony Merkel. And we love you, Tony. We love you, Tony. Yeah, and Juan has to correct me on alchemy since he is an adept. Well, not really, but he studies it and he understands a lot of it. I like to say I know enough to be dangerous, but I'm nowhere deep as Juan is. Uh, my thing is biblical and Nephilim and all that like. That's kind of where I play in. And I thought it would be cool to have a biologist plus a guy who delves a lot into the occult and alchemy plus someone else who delves into the biblical side of things and just see where we can go with this dog man phenomena. Because, you know, right now here in the cryptid sphere, um, we generally look at this as a bad thing, right? You, you, you see these horrible tales of people running across these dogmen in the woods or wherever else and these things attacking them or trying to attack them. And we don't necessarily know... Uh, how how it ends, right? Because we've heard of some getting, you know, people getting mauled by these things, or at least we think we have. But a lot of the tales are of them running people off. So I kind of wonder sometimes if it's a phenomenon where they just want you out of the space, where they're not necessarily trying to hurt you. And I think maybe in some cases they do too. But today we're going to talk about historically dogmen and lycanthropy, which would be werewolves or people being able to change into uh, dogmen or something of that like. So what do you think about some of this, Justin? Oh, uh, so dogman's always been a weird one for me. Uh, first getting into this years ago, it's always one, I was one of those people from the, coming from the Bigfoot community that's just like, well, you know, dogmans are just misidentified Bigfoot. And now, obviously, I know it's not that. You know, it's very much different. But coming from that sphere, walking in, it's, it's I don't know if you can convince me there's a good dog, man, from all the stuff I've heard and been around in Michigan and stuff like that. Oh, don't worry. But I'm sure you're going to try. Don't worry. I got you today. <laughs> but I think uh, like a lot of our cryptids, dog, man, the overlumping is a, it's like a big umbrella category. I think there's a lot of things that are kind of mixed in with the, everybody's calling dog, man, for like 
in North America, there's everything from the actual dog man to the raccoon man to the shaka Warcon to the hyenas to, uh, you know, all these weird little things that are turned in. Yeah. Uh, what's your thoughts initially, Juan, on dog man and how that even can attribute to alchemy? And I want to say, Justin, too, here in oh, Florida, gosh. we have Pigman. We have yeah. the the squallies of the Florida Everglades. So there is also a cryptid that it's attributed to this weird, almost like mad scientist guy mm-hmm. or alchemist, maybe in, in the Everglades somewhere, the slab that, that he was breeding them at. So there's also that lure. And when I am studying, I do study the occult a lot and es- more esoteric subjects. And when I am looking into all of these medieval illuminated scriptures and all these manuscripts and all these different things, you'd be surprised how much the werewolf, like a werewolf. I mean, there's, there's a distinction to be made. There's werewolves and then there's dog men. Some people clump them together, but I believe that they are their own. Maybe it's, we can put it this way. It's the use of the same technology, right? And they kind of, depending on which method you use, it might look a little bit different depending on the practitioner or the magician or whatever you want to call him. But you'd be surprised how many times I stumble across. I mean, I've read Grimoires and I have some stuff today on the creation, the actual creation of these entities, these things. And you said something at the beginning, Joel, that really tied it all in for me when I was taking notes to do this episode. And it was, how does it end? Well, I have some answers that maybe we can get into it later on why perhaps they created these monstrous beings, these monstrous forms that they called them during the medieval times, why they were making these things. And I have something maybe I can dub the physics of Dogman a little bit here, you know, as we progress in this episode. But yeah, there is a means to the there's an end to the means. How, how does the saying go? There's. There's a method as to why they create these things. And I think I have some answers today for the the people listening. Fantastic. And to your point, as I was digging into historically about dogmen, there does seem to be two camps of the lichen, which would be the human to wolf. And then you've got the dogmen, which are just typically you know, tribes of dogmen that have been talked about through history, which we're going to get into today. But your point about creation, how did these dogmen come to existence? So was this something that the creator Yahweh created and this is just a cryptid that we don't know about? Is it something that was DNA spliced or in some cases, what I would like to say, a fallen angel maybe having sex with a human to create a cryptid. Now, how is this possible, right? So we, we've heard about Mount Hermon, and we've heard about the angelic beings, the, the watchers who came down to Mount Hermon, had sex with the women, and created giants. But what if there was another way to have sex with humans and then create cryptids? And I think that's possible. And I've listened to a lot of different, uh, theologians that study Nephilim. And one of the things that they talk about is the cherubim or the cherubs. Now, if you know anything about their true form, they have four faces, the face of an ox, lion, eagle, and a man. Now, we know biblically and in occult literature 
that angelic being, beings can shapeshift. We know that. So what if these angelic beings should shapeshift into certain animals or humanoid animal looking beings? And if they had sex in that form, that what came from that was a being that was a cryptid. What if that's how some of these cryptids were created? What if it wasn't the fallen angels just having sex with animals? Because we know that happened. We know that happened in, in, in several of the apocryphal texts that they did have sex with animal kind. And I think maybe that's how some cryptids came. But there's this other idea that maybe that they were creating them with humans. And this is where you're going to get more of your bipedal, your uh, more intelligent cryptids maybe like your bigfoot or dogman which i think dogman as we delve through it today is very intelligent i don't think it's some sort of you know uh outside of maybe lycanthropy when they go into some sort of state where they're just animalistic i don't necessarily think that dogmen are stupid and i think we're going to find that out today and i think as we're looking at you know Ashtaroth, Karnam, which was located about six miles from Idri, is one of the cities of Og, which was one of the giants. Now, they worshipped the Babylonian goddess Istar, which is Astarte, and Astarte is the symbol of a lion. And I think that that entity, that goddess, was a cherubim. And from all accounts, of a lot of the reading that I've been doing, that that does come into play. This is very similar to Anubis, which was the god of the dead and had the head of a jackal or dog. He ruled the city of Sinopolis. And we're going to get into Sinopolis today a lot. We're going to talk about the city of dogs, where the dogs of the sun, dog priests, dog kings resided. Now, if we look at throughout history about these dogs of the sun and the city of dogs and these dog priests, you're going to hear a lot of people say that this was just a homage to the dog being, or they called themselves the dog kings or the dog people because that they worshipped Anubis or whatever gods had these uh, dog-like features because the dog itself, even we're going to get in a little bit of, you know, you're going to like this, a little Manly P. Hall today because he even reveres the dog himself in his writings. So this is a very occult uh, thing that dogs are considered the follower. That's how they learn to be the adept is because they follow the master to become the next level of where they need to get to. And I do think there's some part of that that's true, but I do think that these dogs, the sun, dog priests, and dog kings could have actually been dog men. And this is why, because they were created of the gods, created from Anubis, maybe as a form of angelic sex with humans or or animals if you want to go that route i mean even the dogs of the sun the god amon ra talks about the gods gather as dogs around his feet so we know that again we've got these dog gods these dog men that are worshiping amon ra who was considered the creator in egyptian uh, culture. So to me, that's kind of where it starts, where you're seeing it start. We are going to go back, you know, some further when we get to the Hebrew and we talk about the Cushites. We're going to get to that soon too. But, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on some of this? Well, definitely out of my wheelhouse. You guys are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, I, I want to just add that I, I believe that the worship of these dogs, right? So dog, it's interesting because dog spelled backwards is God, right? Not, I'm not Dang saying it, that God is a dog, but there's something there. And in the cult literature, they attribute that to a lot. And we had Drake recently, I think last week or a couple of weeks ago, drop for the dogs, his new album. And he's got like this weird demonic looking dog on the cover of it. And I think things like this are a homage. Are you talking about a worship or a nod of your hat to these higher beings? We have the dog star, the dog days. We have all these things that talk about the dog. A dog is a man's best friend. And so I think it's still going on today. I think a lot of these people write the sinocephalus, the dog headed man or dog headedness. And even that you can maybe maybe they were using these dog heads quite literally for divinational purposes as well. I mean, we have to take that into consideration as well. And in the I believe it's the full card. I don't know if it's zero or one. You have the fool with the dog. Right. And the fool they call him the fool, but he's actually the wisest of them on. You're absolutely right. He is staring into the abyss. He's staring at, at the crown, what they call the top before transcending to the next, the beyond. And he's with his little dog, right? So there's something to be said about that. And you're absolutely right. There is, they, they take a lot of these concepts and things that we use every day. A lot of these occultists, all these magicians, all of these alchemists have, it's you know it's layers upon layers upon layers of symbolism and it's not i don't think it's just like hey this is this is just symbolic there's the symbolic route and there's also the actual literal route as to why they worship these things so they were absolutely i think they were doing rituals you know with dogs as well absolutely man and you know you did just bring up the uh Sinocephalus, and we're going to get deep on that today because that's one of the things that I love to talk about when we start talking about dogmen in history. And there's a lot of Christianity that's intertwined with the Sinocephalus or dogmen, dog-headed creatures. Uh, it's really cool stuff. We'll definitely get into that today. Uh, again, Anubis is the dog-headed Egyptian god of the judgment, protection, and divine guide to the dead for the journey into the afterlife. But actually, in later times, and this happens a lot with these gods, and I don't think that it's not by design. I just think that it's rebranding. I think fallen angels or these lowercase Elohim, lowercase gods, rebrand throughout time. And part of that is they'll take on the name of a later culture. So you've got the Anubis merged with the Greek god Hermes and became Hermanubis. And then you've got the cult of Hermanubis which was Utenhasaka or Sinopolis, which we're just talking about the place of Sinopolis. And the Greek name simply means city of the dogs. But this Unahasaka, Saka, Sak is the Persic name for dog. And we're going to get into what these tribes, the Sak or the Sake, uh, could have been tribes uh, throughout uh you know, in this in this Persic time, were dogmen too. So you're going to see this throughout. In as time goes, there's different tribes of dogmen that show up consistently. I mean, you even got the great historian Pliny, who was uh, Pliny the Elder, 
And he was born, and, and I'm talking, this is like 24 AD. So this was the first, you know, uh, mention of the dogmen. And he located a race of dogmen, uh, the Canari in Western Africa. And this was in the Canary Islands. And this is where also it said the Garden of Hesperides, or as some people want to attribute to the Garden of Eden, and a land of the blessed dead all existed. So he actually ran across this grouping of dogmen called the Canari in these islands. And this guy wasn't just a Roman author uh, or philosopher. He was a army commander and he was a naval commander. So this guy was also uh, very adept at war and he traveled around the world. So when he ran across these Canari um, in AD 24, like he's talking about dogmen. So this is like our first piece of, hey, I ran across this dogman tribe out here in these Canary Islands, and this is what I saw. But it doesn't end with him because there's so many other accounts throughout history of very reputable people that we look at as historians now that mainstream looks at as, as just the almighty lowercase gods of history you can't dis- you can't discount what they're saying you-, you just can't this was a preview of today's member episode if you want to hear the whole thing head on over to the confessionalspodcast.com hit the join button and become a member today